and welcome to the Purple Chair. I'm Trisha. Hey, I'm Christy. Christy, we've been together, I think, almost every day this week, haven't we? Mm, pretty much. <laughs> it was, it's been a pretty good week. We've been able to um, give out some Thanksgiving baskets to our community. I think I mentioned on our last podcast how I hadn't really been aware of how, mm. you know, how bad the situation is for mm-hmm. some people because we've kind of continued working and plugging along and like... Although life isn't normal, it's still an everyday, and we haven't really missed a beat as far as work and things like that. So I think I was a little bit oblivious to how big the need was, and we actually, you know, set a goal, and then we ended up doubling that, Mm -hmm. and I'm still actually getting requests, and we're here, you know, a day before Thanksgiving. So um, I think it does really open your eyes about how much you have to be thankful for and how... Um, sometimes we don't recognize that our mm. blessings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how big of blessings they are, but um, it was really, really good to be able to do something to help the community, which is, you know, our heart is to help the community and let everybody know that Jesus loves them mm-hmm. and we care and we're here for them. So having said that, I have been just antsy of, since last week, since we recorded about some unsolved cases, and I have one that has really just grabbed my attention, but I know that you said that you ha- you found one that you wanted to talk about. I um found this Facebook group, and Ooh. it's Cold Cases of Missouri, and it it's talking about um Fawn Cox. She's been well. She was murdered on seven twenty six nineteen eighty nine. Oh wow! She was sixteen years old. It said Fawn uh, Fawn Cox's body was discovered in her bed on the second floor of her home. Um, Cox died of a violent death and her death was ruled a homicide. The previous day, she had gone to work until 11 p.m. at Worlds of Fun. Then came home, went straight to bed. Evidence suggests that the suspect broke into the residence during the night, strangled and raped her, murdered her uh, while other family members were asleep in the other part of the residence. And that blows my mind. So they haven't... So. What's the deal with like their investigation? Well, they haven't they haven't solved it yet. It says several suspects were arrested and proven to be involved in the robbery at the time, but like fingerprints and DNA have not linked any of these people. So somebody completely separate on the same night right. could have came in there, right? And that's what I'm saying. It says here a push to use uh, new genetic DNA technology is underway. So hopefully, this family will get some kind of resolve and some right answers when but I, this blows my mind that i mean i can't fathom that in my home i hear everything that goes on right you know you're same. just the mom usually is the light sleeper we hear everything right how in the world did these people come in broke into these people's house right murdered their daughter and nobody heard anything right and they're for sure like she did get off work. She did come home. Everybody saw her. That's that's what the story says. She worked until 11, came home and went straight to bed. It seems like there <laughs> might be something missing there. And see, that's where my investigative mind is like, okay, hold on yeah. a minute. Something's like, this is not adding up. I can't connect these dots. Right. And that's how it is like for me too. Like I'll listen to these cold cases and then like whatever whether it's a podcast or a documentary on tv and then it's done and i'm like oh wait wait i've got so many questions i know (laughs) 
I know. If, if we mean, could just like call them up and say, what about this? What about this? Yeah. What about this? Hold on. Did you check this? I was thinking, could you like go back and check these things? And I, I and I'm sure probably maybe we're just naive to think that those were mm-hmm. like just basic things because obviously we're not trained professionals. <laughs> right. But there's just so many questions that I have. And that leads me to this documentary I found on um, just happened to run across on on demand on HBO the other day. Mm hmm. And it's called Murder on Middle Beach. And mm-hmm. it takes place in Madison, Connecticut. And it happened back in on March 3rd, 2020. And this single mom who had recently gone through kind of a bad divorce with her ex-husband. They had two children, a son and a daughter. They named their son Madison. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you know, they were very wealthy fam- pretty wealthy family and so when they divorced of course the husband was ordered to pay a quite a large sum of money mm-hmm. every month you know a month for her and also a separate amount large amount for the children mm-hmm. and he just kind of like took off and just kind of shrugged all of his responsibility mm. So right before her murder, there was this battle in court because he had owed, I mean, I'm talking large, in the large six figures to her, and she really wasn't working. This is like how the story unfolds. She was really wasn't working. By then, their son was a teenager. He kind of battled with um, drugs mm-hmm. and issues. And so there was just like all these little little things that kind of went into it. Well, then one day, she's just murdered, brutally murdered laid outside of her house. I'm talking like face, head, all kinds of just Mm -hmm. things that you're like, well, gosh, somebody really was angry. Her sister found her underneath these these cushions of like um, outdoor furniture and she was gone. She was dead. So fast forward, you know, at first all the fingers are pointing towards the ex-husband because, you know, he owes her a large sum of money. Mm It did seem kind of like a crime of passion because it was so brutal. But I've watched, there's only like three episodes so far, and I've watched up to this point. So the son is clean now, and he wants to know what happened to his mom. I right. can't even imagine. Like, mm-hmm. So they had questioned all these people, but then it come, come to find out she was part of this. And I had never heard of this before, so I really had to look this up. She was part of this they called it like a women's group a women's fellowship but it was called the gifting table have you ever heard of anything like this Mm -mm. okay so this is where it gets really crazy so it's like a pyramid scheme and Mm. what happens is that you like say you and i were starting it i would contribute like an amount of like five thousand dollars and then you would contribute the same amount and then we would recruit two people to do the same thing. And then like, depending on kind of what I understand, depending on like where you're at in the scheme, it may be your time to be gifted. Mm -hmm. So then you take all, so you're kind of putting a gamble on if it's going to be your Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Well, in the process, just like with any pyramid scheme, the top people that start it really are the ones that get right. the large amount of money. Mm-hmm. Well, this lady, Barbara Hamburg, which is the victim who got murdered, she was one of the three top ones. And she was getting to a place to where she was getting a very large hmm. amount of money. And it's always cash. 
So because of her divorce and everything, she had become um, really dependent on alcohol and had, you know, she was part of AA and Mm -hmm. she like was a sponsor. So she started recruiting people under her that also were, you know, in AA. And so they may not be quite as stable somehow. I mean, they like tell these people to like mortgage their house to get their first $5,000. So it's just... It's just was this very complex thing. Well, this son, of course, didn't know anything about it. Everybody's been looking at the ex-husband. He was a jerk and he didn't really, you know, obviously he was kind of a deadbeat. But really, other than that. Right. There was really nothing else to go Mm -hmm. on. The day she was murdered, they the the reason why they figured out that she was murdered was because she had a court date for the child support and alimony. And she didn't show up, mm. which adds another whole thing. But the ex-husband was in the area at the time, too. But there was no physical evidence mm. as to who murdered her. So this young man now, you know, close to 30, I think, probably at this point, has started this documentary. And he's slowly uncovering these things that, I mean... The sister who found her, from the way the documentary is going, she was part of this gifting table. Oh, wow. And there's a lot of people in this gifting table that are really pointing the finger at this young man's aunt. Wow. Who kind of stepped in and took care of him after his mom died. Mm. So it has been so interesting because there was so many facets of... Who could it be? And it made me think after I watched the last episode, like, how do these detectives without like a true, like, who, you know, like Mm -hmm. a fingerprint Mm -hmm. or blood or something like that, how do they figure out who it is? Well, in the meantime, right before all, right before she was murdered, the FBI was contacted by somebody in the gifting table who didn't, it wasn't their pay time mm-hmm. and they didn't have any money. And so they report it to the FBI. The FBI gets involved. And right after this murder, there's people in this group that go to prison. Wow. For this scheme, this mm-hmm. pyramid scheme. So now it's really gotten really interesting. And I thought you really, <laughs> you know, last week I was like, you really don't know people, but you really don't. There was literally nobody who really knew that she, because it was real secretive. So mm-hmm. they didn't even know. And so they don't know if it's the, hus- the ex-husband. They don't know if it's the sister. They don't know if it's somebody completely, because everything was so secret. Mm-hmm. And they had like different, like, they called it the gifting table. And they had like things like the main course. That Everything was oh. in code. So it was main course, side dish, um, when you were... In the dessert phase, that's when you were getting all your payout back. So it was just like one of these things because I'm just like, it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around this. And is this something that may be going on in our area? Right. That's just what I was thinking. Like, is you know, with sex trafficking. And I mean, those are all things that have really come to light. Like, you know, these little girls that have been missing and there's been nothing mm-hmm. for decades. Mm-hmm. What was the one that went missing? G- Gina Don Brooks. Yeah, Gina Don Brooks. Her parents did an interview. Like, they're in their 70s. They finally mm-hmm. moved from the house, I think, that they lived in. And mm-hmm. they said, she's. we know she's dead. Mm-hmm. We'll probably never know what And what, happened. I mean, and that's what tugs at my heart more than anything is there is no closure. There right. is no closing that book. You right. know, there's... Because it's just going to stay open. I mean, for me, it would. It would just be an open book 
open wound for the the rest of my life. Right. You know, not having that closure. And isn't you were talking about this money pyramid and isn't it amazing what money will do oh the, what, yeah, what money well, will make a yes, person do and greed and she probably felt desperate as a single mom mm-hmm. her lifestyle had completely changed she has two children and you and I both know I've told people before like you know I have these moral convictions but ha- if it, you know if my baby was going hungry mm-hmm. or like there was I don't know what I wouldn't mm-hmm. do mm-hmm to make sure that they had what they needed. And so I felt so connected to this because you see all these videos of her and the children when they're little. And she obviously was just completely obsessed with these kids. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that she was not, she felt like she had to do something. Mm -hmm. And then to think that this young man who's now trying to find answers, and I'm sure that all of this is very hard because like for me, Uh, I lost my sister. I mean, it was a health issue, but I lost my sister and she was, none of us are perfect, you know, Mm -hmm. and she wasn't a perfect person. But once it seems like once somebody dies, we forget that maybe they might've had some, you know, Mm -hmm. struggles Mm -hmm. and maybe there were things that maybe they weren't up and up with. And so we kind of make them like this icon or this, you know, mother Teresa And we don't really like think, okay, it could have been something more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where this young man is. And my heartstrings just tug because, like I said, he already has struggled with substance abuse. He has really kind of come out of that as far as, you know, how the documentary is going. But he obviously has this aching, you know, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have his mother, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know why. Right. And then... When he, as he's doing this documentary, the people around him, he's like, I have no idea who I can trust. I don't know who mm. any of these people are that I thought I knew. Right. So, and then, of course, like her mother finding out different bits and pieces through the documentary that her daughter, other daughter could have been involved in the murder of her wow. daughter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And why are the police so hesitant to let these things come out? And I feel like that's why cases go so cold. I understand to a certain point protecting evidence, mm-hmm. but when there's some truth, when you get some hard truth, why aren't we at least letting mm-hmm. the families know this so that things like this aren't just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. never knew any of that. I didn't know that she had a safe that had hundreds of thousands of dollars in it in her house. We thought that she was struggling because she was not getting any money. Right. So it just, it was just so interesting. And I thought there's just so many layers to this that I don't think we ever get to see because so much of it is protected. And, right. and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, if it's four or five decades down the road, what do you have to lose at this point? Right. By releasing some of the information uh-huh. and getting it out there into the public that people may know. Well, you know, and people get older, they may decide they might know something about this case. Right. You know, oh, now they're ready I to talk. I remember her mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that, especially with this gifting table thing, which I want to I learn more about that because that was just so interesting to me. But, you know, if there was like the this lay, I mean, it was like all over the United States, people were joining wow. under all of these other people. I mean, you could have made the wrong person mad. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, you know, them thinking that they you just took their money. Right. And they didn't get anything back. I mean, they may... It could have been 
they because it was so secretive this is one thing that was in the episode i watched the other day it's such a secretive thing like they were saying don't tell your husband don't you know it was all women Mm -hmm. and you don't tell them Mm. and then could you imagine a husband like maybe they lost their house Mm. and him finding out what happened i mean he may have killed her Mm. Mm -hmm. and had nothing to do with her at all until it affected his livelihood right so yeah it was just so interesting and i mean i look forward because i think we'll probably have many more of these to talk about but and we'll keep updating this as far as you know what's going on with the cases and stuff but seeing some of these cases get reopened so many years later and unfortunately a lot of the time the perpetrators are already deceased or they've been in prison right for a long long time anyway and so or something it's just, not even related to right, <laughs> right and i kind of feel like that's kind of you know reaping what you sow like regardless mm-hmm. of of what if you, if you get caught doing this exact thing <laughs> but then i think we kind of have a corrupt system there too because we can have one person plead down that is really, truly a criminal and has maybe murdered somebody to rat on somebody else. Right, right. And I'm not sure that is always the most effective or honest. I think innocent people get convicted all the time that way. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just so interesting. Well, we are in November and Thanksgiving is actually tomorrow. Tomorrow. So we're doing what we are thankful for. Christy, what are you thankful for this week? Um, I was thinking about this this morning, and I um, am thankful for my parents today because they brought us up in a biblically-based home with morals and and to love people and to love God mo- most of all. And um, I'm very thankful for that because uh, there are people that don't have that, yes. haven't had that in their life ever you yes. know, and, and have no idea the love of God and, and how to look properly love people and how to get mm. proper love in return, yes. yes, you know, because there, so many people are seeking, um, love from a person or love from things. And, um, they, they don't realize that they're missing that one true love. So, right. um, I'm thankful for that this morning for my upbringing. Yes, that is so true. And, I'm kind of go on the other side of that. I'm really thankful for um, all of our kids, our adults now, and I'm really thankful to be able to watch them grow and be the people that kind of get to see the fruits of your labor and mm-hmm. see that they're just really good people and mm-hmm. they're kind and they're caring mm-hmm. and they're giving and they're compassionate. They love being together last week on their own, you know, they're hanging out. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I think that as a parent, you're like, okay, we did something Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. you know? And unfortunately, you don't know if you have until it's too late. (laughs) (laughs) If you've not done a good job until it's too late. But when you can kind of see that come full circle, because, um, you know, I'll be honest, there were days that I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if, I don't know how this is going to turn out for us. I don't know. You know, you hear all of these stories with families and it's heartbreaking because like if you put yourself in their situation, like I don't know what I would do if my kid wasn't talking to me anymore Mm -hmm. or I couldn't see my grandkids or if I just couldn't even see them on, you know, on a regular basis. I just, I don't know how, how that works, you know, Mm -hmm. because to me, family is so important. And so I think in along with what you're saying, like it's so important to also appreciate 
even while they're growing and still learning the people that they are because they truly are their Mm -hmm. own person. And Mm -hmm. so to always see that and encourage them and let them know, you know, that life is full of things that might disappoint you or that you wish you could do better, but you're, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that. Well, let's, you made me think of something. Why not make this the year for families to make amends with each other? Yes. This, this could be the year. Let's let's make this the year. Yeah, and why not? What what? Why not? Why you have you know you have a limited time with your family on this earth anyway. Why spend all of it bickering and fighting and not getting along? This year should be the year where people make amends, right? Over things that truly don't matter, just right. because you don't agree with them, or maybe you would have done it a different way, mm-hmm. or maybe you didn't like the way that they handled the situation. I think to remember that all of us are human. Oh, yes. We've all been there. Um, as a parent, I think it's hard for us sometimes because we've made those mistakes and we don't want to see our children make the same mistakes. But sometimes it's necessary mm-hmm. for them to make mistakes mm-hmm. and learn from them. And so I agree. I think that this truly is, I feel like, you know, really probably all of 2020, but I do completely believe that 2021 will be a significant year in families mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. doing what they need to do mm-hmm. to be a family and how and knowing how important it is. Well, thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions or any comments, please check out our Facebook page. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you on anything that you need prayer for. You can inbox us on our Facebook page. And as always, thanks for tuning in. 